0: So Johnny, what you know what a uh, time it is? It's time to take over the world,
1: <laughs> just like every night.
0: <laughs> uh, that was good, but no, it's time to pay our light bill.
1: It is. It's time to uh, to do the thing we're paid to do for the episode, yeah. so we can keep going and keep doing what we love.
0: Yeah, yeah. But these guys make it easy to do that because I actually believe in what they do and I believe in what they say. So it makes it much much easier. To have them be a sponsor for us, which is really cool, and that's with Edmund Realty. They're a local family-owned business for over thirty years. It's a long time. It's it a is long a long time. time. Yeah, yeah, and they serve the entire Puget Sound region, and th- and really they'll do all of Washington State, so not just the Puget Sound. And you know they're honest people, which is hard to find in real estate. It is like, truly <laughs> honest. They'll be like straight shooting with you, which
1: is awesome. Yeah, I just went through. I just went through selling a house, you know, as you know, last year, and the i the, the first person we went through man it was it was tough it was real yeah. tough like i wish i would have known about Evans realty back then and we would have gone with somebody we you know that was recommended and honest and could have helped us you know go through that process of selling a house cuz that's a that's a huge headache
0: it is a huge headache and if they're not honest with you from the beginning and tell you what's going on you know then it just becomes even more of a headache and then you got to deal with it so these are great especially if they they offer full real estate services whether you know you're selling like you did Right Or when you're buying your next home, like you're getting ready to, um, hopefully right. within the next couple of years. I know you guys are a little out, a ways from that than you yeah. thought you were. but
1: We are. it we soon. thought, but we'll, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there.
0: <laughs> but if you guys need to find an, an, a rental, Johnny, like if you guys need to find another
1: rental, you yeah. can call
0: Lucille over at Edmonds Realty and she will help you do all that. She's awesome See, with
1: it. See, I wish I would have known that like back in April or April and March time frame when we rented our current house could have called somebody and not had done all the work on our own.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's, she's great. Nice. She's so, up. we're actually thinking about looking for a new place to rent. We haven't really made a 100% decision, but she is actively looking and sending us stuff all the time, which That's is awesome. awesome. Almost every other day I'm getting uh, listings in my price range. That's great. Yeah, and she knows what we're looking for, what we want, what we don't want, and she takes everything into consideration. And Lucille, she totally gets what it takes to actually rent a home, and she's she's amazing. So if you need to have someone manage your rentals, like if you get to the point where you own a few houses, you know, as uh, what do they call it, investment houses, and you need to rent those out, she's really good, and she's and
1: she'll manage all that for you. That's really awesome. Take the take the headache out of owning extra homes.
0: Yeah. So you know, and plus, don't forget, just like we talked last time, free rotary, free
1: notary. I almost said free rotary. <laughs> free rotary services, like for your car. Yeah, free rotary. <laughs> you come in, you can use their phone. They got an old rotary phone.
0: No. Free notary. notary. Yeah, yeah, free notary, and you can use their fax machine if you need to
1: for free. That's, that's awesome. I mean, just th- small things, but extra because if you need if you need it and you don't know where to go, you can go there and get it done.
0: That's right. So you can call them today at 425-921-2200, or you can email them if you prefer that at office at net. And Edmonds Realty is spelled dot net. And you can go check out their website. And the website's really cool because you can actually search your area for rentals and homes for sale.
1: That's great. That makes it easier for you. Yeah, Yeah, it does. But if you yeah, if if you're in if you're in the market, you know, hit them up. They're the they're the ones to go to in Washington State or Western Washington at least.
0: That's right. That's right. All right. Well, let's get the show on the road. Let's do this. Hit that music. This is Spoiler Country, a podcast about comics, movies, whatever. But mostly comics.
1: enjoy. enjoy, enjoy. Turn free on Spoiler Country. What's funny is I actually met John. He Bunch for my Craigslist ad, like in okay. 2007. Yeah, I was looking for people to collaborate with. I had my CEO going man, looking for, a for years. men. Yeah, yeah. men for men. Casual yeah. encounters, yeah. Yeah. all the way. Casual encounters, you know, no names.
0: All right, we are live recording using Source Connect. It's a whole new world, gentlemen. <clears throat> whole new world. Is it? Is it a?
1: Is it a good world though?
0: No, it's black. Well, we're here.
1: Dark. All right. No, it's. Good because we're together. (laughs) Friends forever. We are together. Wonder
0: twin Uh, powers activate. Form of friendship.
2: Things you say when you have children.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kendrick Regan. I have the two Johns with me today, which makes me a hooker. I'm kidding. Yeah, pretty Mm. much.
2: (laughs) Two at once, man. That's reverse, uh, reverse hooker. Reverse hooker. (laughs) No, we got John Anderson
0: decided to join us again today. He. He didn't have enough punishment last time, so he wanted to come back and hang out once more. And of course, as always, my co-host, Johnny. And today we have a very fun episode. So we were thinking about what do we do? What do we do? We have a long list of show ideas. And so when we're like, what do you want to do tomorrow? What do you want to talk about? We go, well, let's, let's look up the good book of OneNote. And then we go through our OneNote and our shared OneNote and we go, "Eh, let's do this. But this was not on OneNote. I said, what is your most embarrassing character, be it film, be it book, be it comic book, be it whatever, that you don't admit to that you actually love or like or whatever? And then John, of course, says, you mean what's your guilty pleasure? And I was like, yeah, I don't know why I couldn't think what that was. (laughs) And then we instantly said, we got to have John Anderson back on because this just seems like it might be up his alley.
1: Yeah, and it's he, to be fair, John's a fun guy to have on, so. Oh, uh, thank you. That's right. I try. Well, we wouldn't invite
0: yeah, you back yeah. on if we didn't like enjoy talking with you before, so.
1: Right. <laughs> and if
2: if this airs- I'll in the work order, harder this time. Right.
1: <laughs> if this episode airs in the order, I think it'll air. This episode will air right after the first episodes are on, so we, you'll, you'll be on back-to-back episodes.
0: Awesome. <laughs> oh. oh, you get a third one, we have to give you co-hosting titles. Oh. <laughs>
2: Let me see. See how that pros, works? Cons, <laughs> pros, cons, pros, <laughs> cons. Hey, what do I
0: do? No, but seriously, as serious as we can be with this type of subject, who wants to go first? I think you should t- say the, the, the medium, the genre, and then what it is or who it is.
2: I'm going to let you guys go first. So I want to see. I want to see how you set the pace on this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll go first. I'll totally go first. So this is <laughs> this is actually rather this is kind of hard because <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to admit it, but I <laughs> so I'm gonna preface I'm not even gonna preface it. I'm gonna say I really enjoy listening and watching Stone Cold Steve Austin.
2: <laughs> wow! Yeah,
0: I know, <laughs> which is so weird because I'm not. It started because I have a buddy named Chris Callier, and he is—he's uh, retired now, but he was a professional wrestler. Like he had his own tag team guy, and he actually had the opportunity to go wrestle in the '90s during the whole—the the whole when it was like as—I think it was the biggest it's ever been was in the '90s, late '90s or something like that. And he had an opportunity to go, but he had just had his first kids, and he was like, "Nah, I don't want—I don't want to go on that grueling touring stuff." So he used to come into work, and we would train together, right, do some weightlifting and stuff. And he showed me how to do all these moves. And the thing is, is it's funny when you look at somebody doing these wrestling, and, and everybody knows that it's all uh, – I don't want to say fake. I mean, it's fake, but it's, it's all staged. You know what I mean? Every, all the outcomes are, are played out beforehand. But those guys are real athletes. And they put oh, a yeah. lot of, yeah, yeah. The, you put a lot of time and there's a lot of effort and there's an art form to what they're doing. They're telling a story right from yeah. beginning, middle to end and they, and they act and they do all these things. And, and he explained all this stuff to me and I was like, wow, you know what? I've always made fun of people that just loved wrestling and, and watched wrestling. And I thought it was stupid. You know what I mean? I loved it when I was a little kid, but when I got a teenager, I was like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> yes. but he was like telling me all this stuff, and I was like, I never, I had never talked to somebody that had performed, you know. And so you get a different aspect, you get a different taste of what they go through and what the, what it is, and it's it's pretty incredible. And so he introduced me to Stone Cold Steve Austin, not like literally, not like you know, he introduced me to the character.
2: Hey, here's my buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah nothing
0: <laughs> like that. That would have been amazing. But it was just like he was just. I don't know, he's very charismatic, and he's fun to watch, and it's just, I don't know, it's its funny. I mean, I don't go and watch wrestling now, I, I have it unless Chris calls me and says, hey, I'm going to be, because he's been on TV, and he'll say, I'm going to be on TV, I'm doing this, and, and then I'll check it out. But other than that, I don't, but on YouTube, yeah, I definitely check him out. and Not <laughs> not on like his wrestling stuff, but all the stuff that he does now, because he does his own podcast, which is really fun, and he does uh, a lot of media stuff, and I don't know, he just seems like a cool guy, and I like him on the movies that he's been on, even though he, all his movies now are all, like, totally D-rated, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: This is the best one sometimes, yeah. though. Yeah,
0: and they're just fun, and so that is my guilty pleasure. That you know, is that's one of my guilty pleasures.
1: <laughs> one of, I'm sure you have more. Yeah. that's It's funny you say that, because uh, I actually used to work with a guy, and I grew up with a, a girl whose father was a professional wrestler, and he was in the, uh, the WWF back in the 80s as Randy the Pimp, or no, sorry, he was Randy the Trashman Taylor. And he was also Randy the Pimp Taylor, and he was the first inductee into the Pacific Northwest Wrestling Hall of Fame here a couple of years ago. Oh, that's he's awesome! Probably, he, he's got to be in his sixties now, and I'm, I'm, I'm still friends with him. He's a cool guy. Yeah, but he uh, he still wrestles, and he's you know he puts out these little videos on the Pacific Northwest Wrestling uh, Facebook page where he's like walking out with a, like a cane and a walker, acting like an old like decrepit man. It's wrestling is yeah, it's. I would say that I grew up watching it, and i never want to admit that I actually enjoy watching it. But, but you did; it's always fun. It's fun. I, I loved it. <laughs>
0: I'll I loved still it. <laughs> like if I'm Surf Channel surfing, and it's on, I'll still find myself stuck to it for like 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Especially when they're doing the whole where they're arguing with each other and doing the oh, whole right. dramatic thing, or they're doing like they're cutting each other down and all that kind of stuff. I'll, yeah. I'll, all of a sudden I'll be like oh my god it's been 20 minutes <laughs> What am I doing So there's a part of me that still likes it You know what I mean And it's like I'll what? never admit it in public Even though I kind of just did but you know what I mean
1: well, I mean, think about—we grew up watching. I mean, in the '80s and '90s, you grew up with the Ultimate Warrior and, and Hulk Hogan, Hogan and, and Andre the Giant yep. and Macho Man Randy Savage Sweetest and The Nature Barber Boy. Beefcake and yeah,
0: Greg Valentine, who was from Seattle, Washington. So every time you hear Greg Valentine, the Hammer from Seattle, Washington, and Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen, and uh, we saw Ric Flair at a uh, San Diego Comic Con.
1: He was doing autographs. Yes. yes, we did. He was at a, at some booth. And yeah, some, he was at a local a, booth, had, like yeah.
0: on a corner booth. It was so weird. I was like, oh my god, it's Ric Flair. Comic Con? Yeah, yeah. San, San Diego, Diego
1: Comic Con. Wrestling and Comics go to have gone together for years. Like you'll see if you go to a lot of cons, you'll see
2: wrestlers at a lot of cons. If
0: you think about it, wrestlers are very much a living comic book.
2: They, they are. They have I, this... I Go ahead. I cannot disagree with that. So you, do you guys know Jonathan <laughs> Rector? I don't. No. Okay, so he is a uh, artist. Uh, he's a U- uh, YouTube ch- channel. He does... He had been for a long time kind of doing this mixed bag of how to do stuff, or here's the project I'm working on right now. He's uh, in outside of Toronto, I want to say. But... So he's doing this... Um, his current project, and I I'm feel awful because I haven't actually been paying attention to it too much, is, um, is uh, called Jessup King. And it's this kind of space fantasy type thing, but the main character is quote unquote, a war machine. And um, which I get I, I, again, I don't know the exact history from it, but it's, it, he's uh, a, a genetically engineered, whatever warrior, but he's left that profession and has pretty much is now a full-time wrestler. And it ties into Jonathan. He says, what it, like he loves to draw, like huge, big, beefy dudes. Like that is all of his, um, all of his, all of his. Like the stuff that he does for his Patreon and whatnot. There's like a certain style that you can see to it uh, that comes in. But it's like you can tell his favorites are <laughs> what do you like when you pick like doing the Hulk or something like that. So, something where he gets to really work on musculature a lot. Right. Um. But uh, so it, it's it's funny hearing that connection because. I to me it's all um, it's it, I would never have pegged it as as going together. Yeah. But then you have I you know now like t- tacking it back to this guy who I know who's a you know he's he, he's a phenomenal artist. Um, I don't know his storytelling yet. I'm still trying what, to figure that one out. What's his name but he's, again? He's a, a Jonathan Rector. I'll have to check it out yeah so he he's got a youtube channel that just goes back for years uh i i like to uh, he'll put on like these four hour channels where he's just chatting at the at the camera or at this at microphone while he's working on whatever page he's working on and he'll answer questions and uh he'll he'll just meander over style uh he likes talking about veganism a lot because he's a vegan of course uh, he does of uh, course he does yeah. <laughs> Does he do CrossFit too? No, no, because then he wouldn't know what to talk about first. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's just like all these, I mean, there, there's kind of these series of topics he gets into, but um, it's, it's kind of, you know, when I'm sitting down to do artwork or, you know, just passing some time, it's kind of, it's sort of fun to have him in the background yeah um it's, it's generally entertaining too but it's uh, the funny thing having that connected back to hey you know here's uh um here's here's yet yeah, that another connection to wrestling which i would never have <laughs> see what ever happens have this is what happens
0: with, with these types of, cat- with these types <laughs> everything, of shows.
2: everything is comic book yeah
1: it is it is <laughs> Well, there's there's a large, a long history with wrestling and comic books. If you if you go back to like the late '80s and like the early '90s, there was a ton of comic books that came out about wrestlers. I mean, Chaos Comics used to have an Undertaker comic that came out monthly about the Undertaker. Oh, really? And yeah, was it good? And was, I, I mean, it was. Did it you? It was okay. I, you I read, read a couple it? of them. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. I mean, back then, but I was I was super into wrestling at that time.
0: I think if you look at wrestlers, I, the majority of them are in incredible shape. They're incredible athletes. They do these stupefying moves that you're just leaves you like, "What the fuck did you just do that? What the yeah. hell?" And and then they have this over-the-top personality, very much like your common superhero. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh-huh. it's kind of it's kind of cool if you think of, if you correlate those two together, it's kind of funny.
1: It is. It is.
0: I mean, Jason That's- Aaron, the uh, the writer. Just put on, you know, part of the thing that that made me think of this is Jason Aaron put on that he would love to write a wrestling comic, and he would would write the shit out of somebody named Bray Wyatt. And I was like, that's kind of an odd thing. So I looked it up, and sure enough, Bray Wyatt's a guy on the WWF or WWE now, I guess, and it just made me laugh because I was, like, secretly – I love Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> and here's this guy totally just being open. And then I started thinking about it, and that's what made me think about doing this episode, and having that idea was like, oh, you know what? We should probably talk about things that we love that we're embarrassed to
1: say in public. So we can blame we can blame Jason Aaron for that then.
0: Yeah, totally. I tried to get him on, but he was like, because he was like, I don't know if it's all the gin I drank, but I fucking love you, fuckers. And I was like, yeah, I saw that. Do you love us enough to come on our little show? <laughs>
1: he's like fuck you dude
0: i was like well it's worth a try <laughs> but yeah uh, whatever so uh mr horsley yes it's your turn buddy tell us what what is your
1: what uh, is your secret love so this is secret love guys, hidden desire you're gonna make fun of me for this but it's whatever <laughs>
0: Just added Is it pile. My Little Pony, man? Come on, <laughs> you're a Brony, aren't you?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not a Brony, but I do like the My Little Pony comic books. <laughs> they're funny as shit. the
0: The comic have, books? Yeah, they're really. I good. have the comic books. I got. I got them for Ella, and I bought them for yeah, my niece.
1: Have you read them? No, they're good. Are like, they really, they're really good? Yeah, they're well done. Oh, nice. Uh, they're They're funny. They're clever. They're They're. I mean. I hate the fact that there's this a whole brony thing out there, so if you say you like My Little Pony in any way, you're, oh, you're a brony, but like if you watch the, like the newer cartoon, it's the newer cartoon is done by the guys who did, who did Dexter's Laboratory.
0: Uh, well, oh, okay, dude, I, I right. have to watch it because Ella's four, and so when she's yeah. like, I want to watch My Little Pony, that's all we watch is My Little Pony and, not, and Equestrian Girls,
1: yeah, My Little Pony's not bad, and the comic books are better than the show because the comic books go, I don't know, it's they're, they're just fun. I read I would read them to Tegan and say, and like i like, I go through and I'm like. I actually enjoy this. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, they're all positive. So, so I mean, it's, right. you well,
1: know. And to to be fair, I mean, growing up, like, I used to watch, my sister and I would, my sister was uh, six years older than me, and we would watch cartoons together. But it would be like, she would watch He-Man with me, and then I would watch My Little Pony and Care Bears with hers, or she would watch He-Man and G.I. Joe Transformers. We'd trade off on shows. So, I got to pick a show, she got to pick a show, but we had to watch them together. That way we weren't watching them alone. But secretly, both of us liked watching all the shows, so it wasn't like none of us actually suffered, because I liked watching My Little Pony, and she liked watching He-Man, so it all worked out. <laughs> Man,
0: I loved He-Man,
1: so it's all good. <laughs> Dude, I love the shit out of He-Man. I watched that show all the time. I had the shirt, I had all the toys, I had Catherine Grayskull, I had Skull Mountain, I had, like, I had every He-Man toy, I had all the Skull <laughs> Yeah.
0: Uh, so, okay, but He-Man and My Little Pony is not what you were going to admit to, so I feel like you're deflecting.
1: No, My Little Pony was my first one. I was going to bring up. To oh, was it really? Honest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it really was. <laughs> oh you man. said the first one though. Well, I think we have to have more than one for this to be a full episode. Oh yeah, know. yeah. You, you get some, you, you can get some good. So you good
0: love. My, who's your favorite? Is is it? See, I'm gonna. I'm gonna show my 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 knowledge of My Little Ponies. Is it? Is it Twilight Sparkle? Is it no, Rainbow no, Dash? No, no,
1: it's Rainbow Dash. <laughs>
0: That's Ellen's favorite. Everything has to be blue right now because she loves Rainbow Dash.
1: Rainbow Dash is awesome, and I like the, um, <laughs> I like the the cowboy one too. I like Twilight Sparkle. <laughs> you like Twilight Sparkle?
0: Yeah, because she's all magic, and it's 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 more fun. And Rainbow Dash is like full of herself, too full of herself. Drives me nuts.
1: Yeah, I also like I also like Applejack too because she's funny. She makes me laugh. And she's super strong. Yeah, she is. I, I know, it's just it's just it's just fun and people to like make rarity. fun of me for it. I don't care. No, so, nobody likes rarity.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at just a Google on on Rainbow Dash. Is it just me or is that not a Powerpuff girl in a horse suit? Oh no, it is. It hundred percent is. But oh, Rainbow okay.
0: Dash has been <laughs> around since the eighties.
2: Yeah, That's forever.
0: Sh- yeah, she's been well I mean, before I remember the Powerpuff. I probably
2: girls. saw a few episodes when I was In my tweens, I think was you know probably somewhere around there, but um, no, it's it's the newer show. The newer show is way better. Yeah, well,
0: the the way they've been drawing the My Little Ponies all look like Powerpuff Girls, which is smart, right? They change the whole way that they do all the art. I mean, just to make it more accessible. You know, it, yeah.
1: And if you, John, if you watch the newer show, like the newest show, it's you'll you'll laugh at him. I think you'll actually enjoy him. The
0: girl, okay. well, the girl that that changed the whole thing and did start doing that friendship is magic. Um, she's not doing the show anymore. Now you're saying this. The people that did Dexter's Laboratory, but she's the one that that once she took over and revamped all of that, the whole franchise, and that's when it, everything took off. And that's when the BronyCon came out, and all the Bronies is all from this one girl. Oh. Let's look her up. She's actually
1: very talented.
2: Unusual depth in this cartoon, I suspect. Yeah, yeah, I guess you would say.
1: Yeah, Lauren Faust. Lauren Faust. She's the one who brought it back.
0: Yeah, she's she's the uh, she's the one that really took it over. Her and Megan McCarthy. They're the ones that really put it over the top and and revamped the whole thing of what it is today. But Lauren Faust is is the main person.
1: Nice. Yeah. Well, she did a damn good job because I. Openly like that show, and I like um, the cartoon and everything.
0: Oh well, dude. I mean, that put Hasbro back on the map comparatively with yeah. little kids.
1: And the comics are. I mean, the comics are. There's like four different comic series going on. And who's doing it? It IDW? Really, really well. I think so. Yeah,
0: the king of license co- of licensed material. IDW isn't that all they do? Right. Like them and Boom and uh, who's the other one?
1: Uh, IDW Boom. Uh, no, IDW has has some original content too. Like they did Thirty Days a Night and stuff. Did they do 30 Days of Night? I thought
0: that was Dark Horse.
1: No, that was IEW. Oh.
0: That's that's the way to go, right? We go from My Little Pony to 30 Days of Night. That's
1: a good series, man. I like that series. Ben Templeton.
0: D- Templeton's amazing.
1: Yeah, Steve Niles and Ben Temple, Ben Smith and Steve Niles did that one. Yeah, yeah. Steve Niles. Why does that sound familiar? Because um, he wrote a bunch of really good stuff back in the early, early 2000s. Let's see here. Let's see what the rabbit hole has to say. He wrote Thirty Days a Night. He wrote the X Fires. We're
2: talking about Thirty uh, Days a Night. He's still stuck on My Little Ponies. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm, I'm on Stephen Niles now. Oh. Uh, 20, 20 Days Later. Oh. Uh, Spon, I, wait a I. No, wait, a minute. No, these are just connections. These are just. Like, uh, he wrote I like, It and took stuff. me to took me to Amazon.
1: Oh, he wrote Criminal Macabre. He wrote a bu- He wrote a bunch of stuff. He's I mean his he 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 he's got that uh, horror writer aspect down very well.
2: Probably right up there with romance novels. It can be bad, but still get people to buy.
1: Oh, absolutely. People buy it because it's, oh, it's a horror book. I'll buy it. Oh, people die. Yeah, I want to I read that.
2: Yeah. I bet you
0: Stefan Frank knows Lauren Faust, dude, because she was an animator on The Iron
1: Giant. Oh, I'm sure if, if she was an animator and he was the animation director, he'd probably know who that oh, is.
0: Oh, check this out. This will be interesting. She, she shifted to television animation in 2000s working on The Powerpuff Girls. Nice. Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. I like
1: the Powerpuff Girls,
2: and too. My,
0: yeah. My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. I like the Super first season friends of Forever. Foster's.
2: First season of Foster's was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I watched a little bit of that.
0: Yeah, she's she's probably, I bet you a lot of people
1: are vying for her talents right now. Yeah. I mean, that's some, you know? some good shows.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Maybe think about the following, not just with little kids anymore for the My Little Pony stuff. I mean, that (laughs) BronyCon on the East Coast is ridiculously huge. I know, it's
1: huge. It's huge. But I mean, it's like, I don't know.
0: I I can only handle the show, though, dude. Like, I can do two episodes in a row with Ella watching it. Yeah, I'm not, I don't binge watch the show,
1: and I don't binge read the comic books, but. I'm just saying, like they're they're entertaining.
0: You're binge watching it. Not binge like, watching you. No, kids are in bed. It's like midnight. <laughs> Kaylee's sleeping. John's like sneaking downstairs, all as quiet as possible. All of a sudden, all it is is the glow of the TV. And me and here comes Rainbow Dash and my pony suit. <laughs>
1: you and your pony suit, just like. Cuddled up
0: with your blanket, eating popcorn, watching My Little Ponies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: how did you know I do that every Friday night?
0: Uh, that's hilarious. That's how I fall asleep. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't sleep if I don't watch my ponies, man. I
0: <laughs> <laughs> can't sleep if I don't watch my ponies.
1: Uh, Mr. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. How many times have you heard that in your life in the last 15 years? Oh,
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Probably way too many. Now I regret even
1: saying that. How many times did I say that to you just to be a dick in the last 10 years?
2: Uh, You count for about half the total. Uh, That sounds about (laughs) right. (laughs)
1: About half. I mean, I find something you don't like. I I just keep going with it. Yeah. (laughs) What's,
2: What's your guilty pleasure? What is my guilty pleasure? Well, okay. So... My, the thing is i i it was, it's a guilty pleasure to me not so much that it should be anymore but uh because when i got introduced to it at that time it was oh it was just you did not admit to it this in public um i am a i am a role play gamer like dungeons and dragons i've broken out but Way back, yeah. right? Yep, exactly, yeah. exactly. Nerd! Though I mean, so uh, my husband gives me a bad time about that. He he calls me this nerd, but then he plays like World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy and these video games, which are all just ground. I mean, they're all they're all just descendants grounded of grounded in D and D, yeah.
0: Hey, you know what? I I tried playing Dungeon Dragons when I was. uh like 13, 14. Yeah. I couldn't get into it. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. My yeah. brother loved it. My sister loved it. Yeah. Right? But my sister was a kid of the 70s, and D&D was huge in the 70s. Like, everybody played D&D. That mm-hmm. was not something that you were embarrassed about at all. And I tried playing it. I just couldn't get into it.
2: I don't know. I've never but been one of RPG.
0: Yeah. But I love RPG games. Yeah, And they're yeah. all s- steeped in D&D. I mean- you know, armor class and hit points, yep. and right. Everything—it's all coming from D and D. So, like Dragon Age, it's D and D. Kind of yeah, yeah. I love the Neverwinter Nights. I mean, Boulder's Gate. I loved all that stuff, and I—I I still prefer to play RPG over first-person shooter or fighting oh, like I don't like, I don't, I don't, I don't like first-person that.
1: shooters at all. They bore me. I, I loved Gears of War. Yeah, I mean, some okay. I, I like Borderlands. Uh, Gears of War was pretty good, but most of Borderlands it, was
2: good. Oh, like I, well, Borderlands is hilarious. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, you you could, I, I had a roommate who was playing it. I never played it myself, never really wanted to, but I could listen to it for hours,
1: <laughs> right? It's funny and like it's enjoyable. But like, like Halo is just, I, I don't, I, I played Halo 1, I liked it. Halo 2 was okay, but I can't, I can't stand Halo, I can't stand Call of Duties. I can't stand those games, just they're so repetitive and boring and they don't. All there are is just death matches and calling people yeah. by names you shouldn't say yeah, out loud. Yeah. All
0: the death matches and I, I get sick of Halo. I get sick of, I get sick of the same shit, And Call of Duty. I mean I go to my buddy Scott's house and we'll play that because that's what we do together, right? Yeah. We play the the video games and stuff like that. Or we're or we're going or we're, you know, drinking too much. But <clears throat> we do a lot of, you know, we did a lot of that. And there was this one called Army of Two. We loved that game. We beat that game so many times. But we like the co-op stuff more than playing against each other. So if you have a co-op, then we're playing the crap out of it. Yeah. If you don't have a co-op, then we're like, nah, it's just kind of boring. Because I like the teamwork aspect yeah, I mean, of it. mean, testing your friendship.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, in a ways. In a ways. But I love the teamwork aspect of it.
1: You want to test friendship? You want to test friendship? Play Madden with somebody. Yeah. Uh, kind of, Madden can be fun.
2: So, John, when did you play D&D? Uh, so I, I I originally got into it in high school. Like, I just got in high school. Um, met some... when did you graduate high school? What's that? What, when uh, did you graduate high school? Uh, what 92. years? Do you year in high school? Okay. I was uh, from eighty nine to ninety two. Okay. So, but the, uh, the funny thing is, is like uh, I like probably all of us. I enjoyed cartoons growing up, and I had I long before i knew there was a game there was there was the tv the cartoon well i mean the game had yeah. been out for a long but before i ever knew about it there was the cartoon which, <laughs> and dragons it was so awful <laughs> when i so watched it but i loved it i loved it as a kid and we had um my parents had i love the cartoon had they'd had Built a house in this new neighborhood. I kind of connected with some of the, uh, w- uh, with one of the guys who was in the neighborhood and I had a, I had a sleepover like Friday night, got up Saturday morning and I'm like, Hey, let's watch cartoons. I bet Dungeons and Dragons is on any time now, and he's he gets just a little freaked out. He's like, "We we can't watch that here," and <laughs> I, it's a little bit later that his mom <laughs> comes down. And I, what I had not really grasped was just how religious a lot of people are were, yeah, and right. and she's like, "We we don't watch that." His cousin plays the game, and I, like in that moment, I'm like, "Wait, what?" there's a game i can can play this and uh what 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 yeah Yeah. and so like two years like two years later um you know i get into high school i meet this kid who's from had just moved up to the area from from northern california and he'd been playing for a long time and i got into it and um i mean it's kind of this evolution like we had you know uh, you have teenage boys basically just trying to, you know, boost their, boost their ego. Um, We'd played for a couple of years. We'd have massive fights, go apart, come back together. And then at some point in time in my, you know, by my 20s, I'd moved out of the area and I was done. Yeah. Then in my, like, mid to late 20s, I met a guy through some sort of activity and, and found out that he and his roommates had started up a game. And shit okay you know slap in the forearm pull up the vein let's do this again
1: (laughs) nice analogy there yeah
2: (laughs) and i and i i I joined and but the in many ways the dynamic had completely changed The, the the guy who was running it had had basically a fantasy version of um eugene oregon and he would built an entire t- storyline out of this, you know, this region not that far from us, and you know, conveniently where he and a bunch of them had gone to school, had gone to college, like the first part, of, like their first pass in college. And he introduced—he's a—he um, was a poli sci major. He's a—he's yeah, got his doctorate now, and like you'll, you, you could actually find him on, uh, I think it's Guns and Lawyers or something like that. It's one of the law blogs. Uh, Law, guns
0: and lawyers—interesting, uh,
2: something like that. I'll, I, I can find it. He's got—he's he, a regular contributor. He's been on shows now talking about politics, but he's running this whole campaign wherein politics actually makes a difference in 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 the game. I mean, plenty of monsters to slay and 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 whatnot, but then he added in these very kind of complex thought processes that we hadn't even considered. I mean, we you know delved into some dungeon to get some you know ancient book that was literally just a a list of of how much grain was pulled in year after year what births it was like it was a historically accurate representation of a history book you know um (laughs) from from what would be that era so it it fundamentally changed how i looked at the game it was no longer just a case of you know rolling the highest dice i mean the oh you know i do a minimum of you know three million points of damage and a maximum of which was the staple of the conversation in high school and yeah. Yeah. and now it was a case of really considering like characters and story and it was kind of brilliant But like all good things that eventually kind of fell apart. Because people started having their own things. Like, you know, somebody would get in a relationship, somebody finished school, somebody got a job, somebody moved away, that type of thing. And um, we ended up taking, you know, we just, at some point, we just called it. And periodically over the years, we would get a small group going for a little while. Same thing would kind of crash it. Uh, to to bring a point of relevance to this, um, when I was down when I was living in in Portland, a girlfriend of mine from high school who I had she we'd played before, we la- she and some other friends were like we should we should start something up we should start something up so I started running a game it was using a system called Savage World which was kind of awesome because you could it was super simple but I did a world building thing for them I was actually uh, I, I I I gave them a world to to build in and by the second you know by the second session i had basically destroyed the world and throw them someplace else uh oh nice of course of course <laughs> yeah, exactly and we so because we're all adults and we had various things going on was we had some inconsistency in our play and eventually somebody was going to move away so we decided to call it and I, I walked him through basically how I had imagined the story. You know, this is this is what you're going to find next. And then this was going to happen. And then this was going to happen. And, and here, this ties it all the way back to the beginning. And my friend Brandy, who's a huge comic book fan as well, she's like, that's a graphic novel. So one of the projects <laughs> I have, like one of my side projects that I keep trying to work on is actually taking what – basically the rough storyline of what was happening informed by the characters that they had created. And I have like a four book graphic novel series in my head, just waiting to be written and published. And yeah.
1: Hey John. Hey John. Waiting to come out. How many side projects do you have going right now? You
2: know, a lot. Like if, if I had, if I could, if I could just like have a job putting my ideas down on paper i would right. have a full-time job
0: you are the fourth person this week yeah. has
2: said that to me you know <laughs> then make it happen yeah. <laughs> you got a husband make
1: had him make all the money you quit and i'm do your, trying i'm awesome. trying
2: he just he insists that you know he works for the state so he's on you know it's his income as at a fixed rate and student loans and blah blah blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah responsibility blah.
1: god you know, it's funny. It's funny you talk about D and D like that. Like I, I played D and D as a kid a little bit, but not not much. I was never super into it. I was more into video games and bowling and you know, play music. But I did play the Vampire the Masquerade game, and I also played a, oh, a tabletop game called Ninja Burger. Ninja Burger. Ninja Where? Burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a hamburger. So the, that, that one was. A, it was a short setting. It was like an. It was like a game you played like an hour, right? So it wasn't something long. You have a couple friends. You have a DM. You know, like that. And basically, your job was is you were in a city. You were a ninja. You worked for. You were a delivery guy, and you delivered burgers across the city. And you had to get from your restaurant to where you were <laughs> delivering burgers to without dying.
2: That's pretty awesome.
1: And it oh was, my god, it was awesome because, like, one of the things I remember, I had to like jump off a flagpole onto the back of a police horse without being seen. I was like, I'm a ninja. They can't see me. So I'm like, you know, it's just craziness. Those are the, those were the only two tabletop games that I ever really played a lot or the the RPG games like that was like, I played a lot of Vampire Masquerade and I played, you know, several rounds of Ninja Burger, but I never really got super into D&D.
0: Yeah, we tried doing D&D when I was a kid a, a few times, but my mom was the same way as as your, your buddy's mom. She was really religious, so she was not yeah. down with D&D in the house or even us playing D&D. Or, like, we had to watch the cartoon in secret, yeah. you know, like
2: literally. Oh, my parents and, uh, loved it when I got I into like, it because they're like, he's got friends now. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, yeah, I have a different level, uh, been <laughs> such an introvert and like... We did
0: try playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles role What, there's a game. TMNT one? Yeah, 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 from like 1988. I want to play that. 1980,
1: yeah. I want to play that. Yeah, yeah, it's I got books and everything. Yeah,
0: yeah. we tried playing that one, me and my buddies, but we weren't smart enough to actually figure out the rules. Yeah, you know?
1: well, you're smarter
0: now, right? It's difficult. It's like they didn't, like when you look at D&D, they gave you this, this instruction booklet and it was like thick and like a bunch of shit and you're like... Okay, can you just walk me yeah. through
1: what exactly I'm doing? Yeah, I, here? I I don't think anybody really learns D&D by buying a book and reading it. Everybody learns D&D by somebody saying, "Hey, I know D&D, yeah. let's go play." And somebody explains it to them yeah. because I really think that if you have to learn it by just reading the book, the you know, the first monster manual yeah. and all that kind of stuff, it's it's so much. The Dungeon Master's Guide? Yeah, the, sorry, thank you. The Dungeon Master's Guide and it's it's so intense. Those first generation books are worth some money. Oh, I know. I bought some from uh St. Vincent de Paul like years ago for like Twenty-five cents a book, and sold them for like two hundred dollars a piece.
2: I think I Shut have, up. I have some of them still around. Like I had, I picked up like the second edition and whatnot, and those those went away at one point. But I think I have the original, well, the original AD and D Dungeon Master's Guide and Player's Handbook. I it's, talk about guilty pleasures. I loved the smell of that generation of books. Like you cracked it open, and it was From the seventies. Yeah, well, these were actually this was eighties, nineties. But uh, okay. whatever they whatever they were, like you'd open up this book and you're just like, that is like parchment. You know, um, right. there was something to it that uh, I just love the smell that in later, later incarnations of the book, they got to that more plasticky, well, it became colored print uh, versus right. strictly a black and white medium.
0: It's funny that you say that because Johnny were, or, and I were talking about that in an earlier episode where when you get a book graded, you know, you can't, and you get it slabbed through CGC or CBCS or any of those people, you can't then open it up. And one of my favorite things is like getting Tomb of Dracula number one from 1971 and you open it up and it smells like the 70s, yeah. you know, yeah, and you can like best. things and it's, that's the good stuff, yeah. man. That's what makes you go, oh yeah, this is what I like. <laughs> yeah. You know, at, As weird as that sounds, no, it's, it's true. It's,
1: the smell of old books is amazing. It just, it's... It brings you into that world more because you're, you're reading something. It makes your body think, okay, this is old. You read it and it, it takes you into that world even more. I think I love yeah. it. I love yeah. the feel of an actual book in my hand. What's funny? You bring up CGC again, and I actually I was uh, I told you this earlier. and I, At some point, I'll read it. I'll read it on the show, but not here. But I found a letter from my dad talking about CGC, <laughs> and it's pretty funny. And it's he has some uh, some choice words about talking CGC. About his- his disdain for CGC, uh, yeah, his, his pretty much hatred for CGC and all things grading companies. Yeah, it was pretty great.
2: <laughs> so I have no idea actually what that
1: means.
0: CGC is a company that came out in 2000 and you can submit your comic books to CGC. So if you have like Batman Avengers number 12, which is the first appearance of Harley Quinn in, in a comic form. You're like, oh, and say you think it's near mint, right? Yeah. So when you're growing up, you'd go to the comic book store and they'd tell you it was fine or good or yeah. very good or very fine or near mint. Or or you might hear the word mint, but you'd never really heard yeah. that. You'd hear near mint, right? But it it would be subject to somebody's opinion, yeah. right? Okay, now you can send your books away to CGC or CBCS or PGX. These are companies, yeah. right? And they have, and the theory is this. They, they get your book in. And then they have 10 different people, okay? And each one doesn't know how the one before graded the book. Oh. Okay? And they start off with 10, and then for every nick and all this kind of stuff, they take a point off, like a tenth of a point. Yeah. So I have have a saga number one rated at 9.8, which is the highest I've ever seen a CGC book rated, okay? And what they do is... That one person starts, and then they grade it, and then the, the next person, the next person, they do 10 of them, and then they take the average of that, and that's your grade. And then they slab it. They put it in a plastic, like, fortified container mm. that you can't take it out. And if you break the seal, yeah. then you don't get that grade anymore. You have to have it regraded. Got it. And so there are, but there once it's
1: tens too, though there are there are high uh, rates. I believe you I just yeah. haven't seen it yeah, yeah I just haven't
0: seen it I haven't seen I I don't remember if I've seen it online I definitely haven't seen it in the wild but once you have it slabbed you've basically taken that book out of circulation right cuz you can't read it you can't open it you can't enjoy ah. it in any way except for looking at the cover Yeah
1: It kind of ruins the whole point of comic books
0: That's In a lot of ways yeah. But I mean, in, in some ways, too, it's not too bad because, like, if you got, like, Avengers number four and it's, you know, a really high grade quality and say you've read it a million times, it's kind of nice to have that protection because it is a, a good amount of protection comparatively just putting it in a bag with a backboard.
1: Well, but you can buy cases like that, though. You don't have to have it in a sealed case. They can, can't be opened. This is true. You know, this is true. That's the thing. But the
0: problem. The problem, John, I'm going to say John for yeah. John Anderson and Johnny for Johnny. So the problem, John, though, is that it's, in my mind, it's not killing the collecting industry because there's a lot of people that want that that grading aspect because then it is what it is, yeah. right? There's no room for you to, there's no room for opinion. Yeah. It's just, it's fact at that point. But if you get a book graded, say like my saga number one, it's about a $200 book raw. Yeah. But that, since they have it 9.8, it's a $600 book. Yeah. No difference in the book, yeah. just that it happens to be great. Yes, and so stupid. it's kind of yeah. So like like one of the books I want to get is Hulk one eighty one because I want that first appearance of Wolverine. I've wanted that since I was a little kid, right? And I want Amazing Spider Man one twenty nine, the first appearance of Punisher. Those are the two books that are probably my my gems, right? The ones I really really want, and I've never ha- I've never had the opportunity to own any of them, and now. Like six years ago, it would have costed me like I could probably could have got like a fine to a very good copy of Amazing Spider Man 129 for like 300 bucks, 250 bucks. Now I can't find it raw, you can only find it graded, and it's going to cost me like 1200 to
1: almost two grand. Yeah, I see for the same copy. I see no reason why stopping in a stupid case and putting a number on top of it should triple, double, triple the value of a book. That's that to me, that's ridiculous.
0: I can but here's here's the other thing, John. what they do is, and this is why that price goes up. And John and I kind of have a Johnny and I had kind of a little bit difference of opinion. He kind of swayed me, well, he did sway me quite a bit because he talked about the difference of the grade and the difference of paper quality and all that kind of stuff. But if you have a book that is considered rare or a that's worth a certain amount of money, they take like up to one percent of the total value and charge that back to you. Mm-hmm for the grading.
1: Which is stupid. Instead
0: of just giving you a flat fee for grading it, so if you give them like the newest edition of Wolverine right now, right? It'll cost you about 45 bucks to get it graded. But if you t- had Hulk 181, it's going to cost so the, and you get a 9.0. Yeah. You're going to pay 700 bucks just to get that thing graded.
2: It sounds like they've created an industry which out of an industry just to make themselves money. Yep.
0: Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. And If I can go back in time, like nineteen ninety two, and I could come up with and I could come up with that business model, yeah. <laughs> I would have done it too, because that's because it's brilliant. I mean, it, I just think the way that they're they're performing it and the way they're doing it is shitty. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, so this is where in where I I I've, I have never quite connected with comics as on uh, on the idea of cl- of collecting, and it's it as everything to do with the fact of. Managing stuff, which is just—it's uh, it, really hard for me. Like, I want to be able if I if I have it, I want to be able to use it. Uh, Nick right. Nick accuses me of being right. overly practical in every sort of way. <laughs> like, if it does if it doesn't have a practical uh, uh, a practical application, it doesn't belong in my life. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not quite that bad. It's but pretty, like, look at it, but I can't use yeah. it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it, well, the entire idea of so this this comic, and, you know, just for argument's sake, it is brilliant artwork, the best storyline ever, it's in a glass case that you can't touch. And therefore... Yeah. The inherent value of having the comic in the first place of, of being able of telling a story through a visual medium is lost. It's gone in in many ways, like the while there's a monetary value associated with it, the intrinsic value of it has just gone to zero.
0: yeah. and it, it, and the only person that's actually getting any accolades for it is the cover artist at yeah. that point
2: which is you know which is fine and well placed but like as we talked about last time when you start getting into variant art if you it, it, it that that piece of artwork may still have nothing to do with what's on on the inside of it. So what's it what's what's it doing on top of a bunch of other paper when it could just be the piece of art just be the cover itself.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. And you can buy just covers. Yeah. There there there's a market for that. Yeah. where you can get like an action comics number 1 and it's just the cover. You're still going to spend, like, five Thank grand. God.
1: yeah. But it's out there. Uh, you're going to spend a lot more than five grand for an action one cover. But, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I'm just throwing it out there. But, yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy. It is. You know, people... Will, people. You can even buy scans of comic book covers, and they'll scan it, mm-hmm. print it, and send it to you. Yeah. I mean, you might as well just grab it off the internet. Well,
1: there's people... Need, you can buy, like, a, a, a quote-unquote reprint of, like, say, Batman Adventures 12, the first Harley Quinn. What they'll do is they'll have... a a generic comic inside and they'll like professionally print out a new cover and put it on there. And they'll say, Oh, this is just for, this is just for, you know, fun purposes. It's not a, you know, it's it's not an authorized reprint and you can, people just print them out and make them. And people buy those for like $50 a piece, which I think is ridiculous. If people just printing off a cover, slapping it on some other book to make it look like a comic book and then selling it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you got to watch it on eBay too. You got to really look at what you're buying. Cause sometimes it'll be like, Oh, it's, Whatever comic book you want to get, but then you f- realize it's just like a copy of the cover.
1: Well, yeah. the worst one is in the seventies and eighties. Uh, DC put out uh, large format reprints of Action One, Superman One, Wonder Woman One, Detective Twenty Seven, Batman One, uh, Flash One, and a couple other ones of uh, the Golden Age like, classic ones. And they're large, thirteen by nineteen comic books that were exact reprints of the actual Golden Age comic book. But and they don't not. see the reprint- magazine sized. Yeah, but they don't see a reprint anywhere. They don't say that the copyright date says 1938, 1939 on them. There's the exact reprints The only difference, really? is yeah. The only difference is is they have a famous first editions extra cover around them. So if you pull that cover off, people will take a picture of them, put them on eBay, and say, and they won't put like wait, you know copyright date says nineteen thirty nine. They won't put the size of the book. So and they'll take the picture with it. It looks like it's the actual comic book. So they'll sell them. And I've seen Superman one famous first edition sell for. You know, five, six, seven thousand dollars because someone thinks it's a real one.
0: Oh no! Yeah, yeah no. And and the,
1: the worst part is, is the the seller did did not lie in the description at all yep. because they've put up what theft, it was. Theft. It's technically it's it's not theft though. If it's more unfortunate, the problem is, is if the, if anybody ever asks them what's the size of the book and they don't tell them or they say oh I don't know, then it becomes theft by de- it becomes theft by deception, which is illegal. Right. But. If they put it up there and they put, you know, this is an Action Comics number one, copyright date 1938, you know, here's, you know, flip through the book, show it all, and somebody buys it for $10,000, it's on the buyer for not asking the right questions and or, you know, buying something like that on eBay to begin with without having to, you know, put in the effort to figure out what it is. Because I'll tell you, man, just looking at pictures, you can't tell the difference between that reprint book that's bigger and the actual book if there's nothing for size reference to look at.
2: Until you see it. Yeah. I and I just so can't wrap my head around even even if it was a true original, spending that much money for for it.
1: Yeah, it's if you don't, if you don't have that collector bug or that collector mindset, it's yeah hard to wrap your mind around it to to spend that much money on anything. Like I, as you everybody knows, I had a huge collector bug. I've had it for my whole life, where I want to collect things, I want to buy things, and at one point where I had you know hundreds of boxes of comic books, and I. You know, growing older with kids and a family and a job and doing this and all stuff, I've got to the point where it's like, okay, I need to scale down what I have, get to where you know keep you know keep the best, junk the rest, or sell the rest. You know, and I do still collect some things. I collect comic books that have meaning to me. You know, I collect stories that I really enjoy. I collect older issues that have that are first appearances are valuable that have a have some sort of meaning to me because of who the character is, my relationship with that character because like my dad or my kids or something like that. But in general, I'm trying to get out of the buying comic books because they're worth money or trying to complete sets because it's a rabbit hole that just consumes your life. And for me, it's like I don't I mean, people want if people out there want to do that more power to you. That's it's it's great. It's a fun hobby. But at this point in my life, I want to just get the ones that I enjoy. I want to spend more time reading the comic books that I have and spend more time creating stuff than, you know, spend my time hunting down a number 27 of a book series until I can finish a run.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. I mean, I love collecting. I I have that collector's mentality only with comic books. I mean, Johnny keeps trying to tell me you should buy the statue. You should think about getting that statue. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to do it because I know what will happen if I do. (laughs) And so I just stick with comic books. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I just stick with comic books. I love it. I love reading it, but I love to read them and I get them. You know what I mean? And I... And I make more money now than I have when I was in my twenties. Obviously, because that's one of the nice things about growing yeah. up a little bit. So it's it's nice to be able to go get some some stuff. But since we started doing this, I want to do this. Yeah. I want to do yeah. the podcasting and 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 talk about things more than I want to go and get that 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 one issue that I'm still looking for. I'm still going to go and get stuff. You know, what I mean? that's not going to change. But I, I I I don't go on eBay and go. Oh, I want to get this first appearance of. Of uh, yeah. Black Cat, or I want to get the first appearance of spy you know, what I mean, whoever, and so it's yeah, it's it my, my my mentality. Uh, is I've, ca- it.
1: I've come to where I, there's only a few comic books that I search for, but it's it's a lot less than it used to be. I mean, and as you know, Kendrick, just a couple of years ago, you and I were creating a, a database list of first appearances and key issues that we can try and buy and flip and make money off of or hold and stuff. Now, anymore, now it's like I yeah. just don't care anymore. You know, I just want.
0: I don't even yeah. look at that. I haven't looked at that in like same, over a same. year. I just stop.
1: I'm like, it's not. I'd rather spend my time doing other stuff. Read, I'd rather spend time reading comic books and trying to search them down to, for a value yeah, issue. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm on, I, I'm on
1: comicology more than
0: I'm getting. I even have books that that are in my short boxes that I can hunt down and get out. But I'm like, oh, I don't want to look for them, and I just bring it up on comics. Yeah, read, I'm
1: reading on comicsology pretty much every night now. So <laughs>
0: honestly, honestly, Johnny, I kind of think I want to do what Ryan Cody was talking about and 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 look at more original art. Yeah, books.
1: I would love to have more original art because I if, around my office, as you can saw, uh, John, when you over here yeah. the other day, is I have you know posters and artwork and prints stuff all around my office for inspiration. I just love it.
2: Well, that's I've made that that transition It's like uh, so. My my investment now has been almost. Ex- I mean, there's there's Saga, which I will follow on because it's such a brilliant story, and and you know we're talking about about Scotty Young and and uh, I Hate Fairyland, and that's when I'll keep keep following with. But now it's more or less Kickstarter stuff. It, you know, if I if there's a something I find on Kickstarter, or somebody else recommends. I'm like, one, if it looks good, I want I want to be the I want to be on ground floor on that for, for if nothing else, just to to be there, not be late to the party, uh, as it were. The other part is to put money in the hands of real you know creators, like just get it, it you know. Less towards the corporation, more towards people who are trying to lo- have a good story to tell. But because it's not, it's not Wolverine, it's not Batman, it's not something that Marvel or or DC would look at. But it still has value. I want to, I want to help them get get there. And it's gotten point like the great thing about a lot of those Kickstarters is you drop. 35 45 55 dollars you get not only get the book but you get all these extra image you know pieces the little little prints and those are what's starting to go up on my walls
1: oh that me too i've i've been last like eight months i have most of my books besides uh stuff i'm reading on comiXology have come from kickstarters that i've backed or people at cons that i've found it's you get more i think you get more honest stories out of it that way yeah
0: yeah you gotta check out tart by kevin joseph He's on Kickstarter. Amazing stuff. And you okay. can read everything on his website. And then you got to check out yep. Stephen or Stephen Frank, Silver. These are yeah. all independents, man. And they're great. I mean, I think that's where the heart and soul of a lot of the comic books nowadays really is within the independents. And, you know, and a lot of those guys are so nice. And they just want to come on and talk about their stuff and what they're doing. And, yeah, I
2: yeah. don't know. I always support creators.
1: Me too. Well, it was one of Me my too.
2: favorite things was uh, at. Emerald city comic con a few years back. I had, I knew two different people who were on in the artist alley and you know, they were asking five bucks, 10 bucks for a, for a commission piece, you know, the, barely anything at all. And I'm just,
1: yeah, that's, that's super cheap. Uh, yeah.
2: I, I'm just, uh, Iron Man was out. I've, uh, when it comes right down to it, I'm a huge iron, Iron Man fan. I've always, always have been. Uh, so I'm always like, okay, your, your trademark character, do something with them but Iron Man. Like and so one he had this thing like so this Scruffy the Bear or something like that. I can't remember what it what it was. But he had this this bear character that he had had kind of refined. So he you know, him in an Iron Man suit. Another buddy of mine had been doing a comic series about supermodel spies. And so he did his, you know, <laughs> one of the supermodels holding up an Iron Man mask in front of her face. Saying, I don't think this is my style. Uh, but, you know, it's, you know. That's it, cool. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> it's still yeah. cool, though. It
0: sounds cool. Um,
2: yeah. Give, give them a chance to 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 make a little bit of money off of what they're loving to do. Encourage them to keep doing it.
0: I got my Iron Man number one signed by Stan Lee last Jeez. year. Yeah. That was kind of cool. cool. I cool. thought I was going to be cool all one. original. Have Iron Man number one signed by Stan nope. Lee, and I go into Emerald City Comic Con. I get there. I swear to God, John, there was like th- a fucking million other people with Iron Man number one. Yeah. Well, and, I. Un- and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate. <laughs> and here it is. Go ahead. Go. Well, here it is. I told my buddy Keith that went with me, he he doesn't collect comic books, but he really wanted to get Stan Lee's signature because I was getting it. So he was like, I want to get it. And he goes, What do I should get? So I made him get, uh, was it Astonishing Tales? Yeah. What's the, the what was it the what's his name Demolisher Deathlock Deathlock the first appearance of Deathlock nobody yeah, had I it nobody was there with Deathlock and I was like God damn it
1: <laughs> 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 I, think I think it's the start of 28. which is so
0: ego stroking at, at, at some yeah. point you know what I mean because it's like why would I care I just get the one that I wanted to oh, get because I'll never get rid yeah. of that Iron Man you know but all i was like looking at when i was looking around was oh who else has what i'm oh god damn it you
1: got it you got yeah. it. i
0: swear to god i was in line for an hour and a half and there was five people around me that all had iron man number 1 But right. it's
1: it's, un- I mean, it's cool but it's also unfortunate that you know on, what, by the time stanley passes you know hopefully in a, in, a, in several years from now that some of those old silver age books uh, uh the marvel stuff there's going to be more of them slabbed and signed than you know, raw, unsigned.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
1: finding a Iron Man 1 that's not in a case and not signed by Stan Lee is going to be a lot rarer than one that's, you know, in a CGC case and signed.
0: Oh, you shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. Oh, you know it's true.
1: It's already true.
0: Shutty. So, okay. So we kind of went off on a very long tangent. (laughs) No, we didn't. and, And did not talk about what this episode was supposed to be, except for we did our first round. Let's do the second and last round. Let's do two rounds and we'll call it good. And and uh, we're already an hour I in. Guess. Can we do two more another round?
1: Yeah, we can do one more round. It won't we
0: take can. that long.
2: All right. I got to think up, of Kendrick? something else. That Are was you about okay my guiltiest
1: that? pleasure right there. Go for it, Kenrick. Uh, uh, Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons is your guiltiest pleasure? <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't like, have a lot of investment <laughs> in guilt. <I'm> just
0: <laughs> jo- jo- Johnny admitted to being my little ponies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll,
2: I'll, I'll work on something. I'm, 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 a, I'm a thinking.
0: Okay. Hey, I'm going to do mine. Mine's, this is pretty bad. When I was 11, <laughs> I really liked to watch She <laughs> Who
1: did hey, There's nothing wrong with really?
0: She Ra. <laughs> nothing wrong with uh, She yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else was around. I didn't no. have it. I mean, I had older sisters, but they're much older than me, so they were not into watching cartoons like that, you know? She Ra, Princess, but Princess of But I totally Power. Liked, Oh, yeah. She
1: Ra, She Ra. Did you ever watch she The He Man? For the honor of Grace school? Did you watch The He Man and She Ra Christmas Special? <laughs>
0: I, I don't know. I don't remember. I watched the He Man She Ra movie. That's what started the whole She Ra uh, television show. Um, but I did watch it for like the first year it was out and I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, yeah. i 11. You know what I mean? Which is like the worst time. Be- I couldn't admit it to my friends because we were watching, you know, at the time we were watching G.I. Joe and Transformers, I mean, right. He Man, and then, and I was like, okay, no one's around. I would literally look around, make sure nobody was watching, like my brother or anything. And I would turn on She Rod. I'd be like, Yeah, She ra Because to me, it was He Man, yeah. but with a chick. Right. It's, just, that's all it's, it's it was.
1: the same show. I mean, really.
0: Yeah. It's so bad. I tried watching oh, it.
1: It's terrible now. Uh, a couple now. It years really ago. Is the
0: terrible. animation's bad. The s- story's bad. Everything's bad. You know what was good back then, though? Thundar the Barbarian. Oh, and that's my still God. a good show.
2: So there is, I think uh, it's on YouTube, maybe. Ookla, right! There is a whole, um, <laughs> there, there's like a documentary about that series and how they developed it and and why it ultimately didn't take off. Like, it was... It, it went from one channel to the yeah. next. They used real horses
0: for the sounds of the horses yeah. galloping. They did, those a bunch of stuff. How is there not a movie of Thundar the Barbarian? I, I do not know. I just... And and
1: because as ridiculous as He-Man sounds, Thunder the Barbarian just, just sound Thunder the Barbarian just sounds more ridiculous. Fuck you, dude!
0: Thunder the Barbarian sounds fucking it was, amazing. It was like the first of those post-apocalyptic, like it was. Oh, it was yeah. so good. It was so good. I I'm getting a boner just talking about it, man. I love that 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 yeah. cartoon. Me and my brother used to get up on Saturday mornings, and that was the only. That was when D and D was on. Yeah. We liked D and D. But we had to watch Thundar the Barbarian. Uh, or bots. Uh, did,
1: did did you know it was created by Steve Gerber?
0: I think I did know that.
1: Yeah, he created how I think I pretty sure he was the creator of Howard the Duck. Oh really? Yeah. I I That's
0: think That's funny. But I'm serious. And this age of reboots. Yeah. This age of them looking back and finding Where something to do, How is there not Thundar the Barbarian, <laughs> right? dude? I guarantee you, if they say we're doing Thundar the Barbarian, people will blow they will freaking
2: lose their minds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so up uh, up there in that same category was the Orbots. I don't remember the Orbots. Oh, I remember
0: Black Star. Is,
2: the Orbots was the first of the five robots come together to make one giant robot before Voltron. Oh, was it? Yeah. I thought that was Grendizer. Maybe it might have been, there might have been others, but that was like, as far as American television goes. uh, Yeah. Because Voltron was 83, 84, something like that. But Orbot's was like, I think 82. It was.
0: What was your, John, when you think back, because I'm 43, so you must be like 43, 44.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I'm 43.
0: What was your number one cartoon? show when you're a little kid like
2: five six years okay, old. okay five or six because i want to
0: see if it's the same as mine
2: well so it at this point some of it kind of blurs together but let me see here five or six would have been first grade the only one i can remember being on at that in that time frame is Scooby Doo, and I, that was was not by far my favorite. Like, uh, you know what my favorite was? What's that? And
0: I bet you'll remember fucking Star Blazers. Oh yes! <laughs> oh
2: yes. my god, dude!
0: It was on at seven o'clock in the morning. I would miss my bus almost every day and piss my mom off yeah. because I had to watch all the Star Blazers, yep. and I would sing that stupid song uh-huh. all the way to the bus stop. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get kicked in the back of the bus because I'd be in the in front of the bus just freaking caterwauling that dumb oh, song. You know god. what I mean? Dude, you, oh,
1: you bring up Star Blazers Star. so much. You're a little good. too young.
0: You were. He's a little too young for Star Blazers. Yeah. It's like it was already off the air by the time he was probably getting into cartoons. Yeah, because that was like 1979, 1980.
1: Yeah, and, I wasn't and, born yet. Oh my
0: god. Yeah, dude, that show. Did you have you ever watched it, John? Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've
1: watched, no, me, oh. do you mean this John here or that John? <laughs>
0: yeah, Johnny, Johnny. Uh, have I've, you ever watched I've watched
1: it? some of it, not a ton of it, though.
0: Dude, you have to. Okay, first of all, the American version is is good because it was it was great for my age group, you know. But the Japanese version that you, you go back and watch the Japanese version, and when you see. Or even the American version. Actually, the American version is great because when you see Deslock, who is the main protagonist protag- or antagonist in the first uh, season, they'd come in and you would hear him go, "Deslock, Deslock, 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 Deslock." <laughs> that was their how they they chanted his name as he came on. He sounds just like Jeremy Irons, and he fucking looks just like Jeremy Irons <laughs> with blue skin. And I'm like, oh my God, I right. And they did the live action film like four years ago or five years ago. The ja- uh, but it was, a, yeah, it was a Japanese one. Uh, it's pretty good, actually. I, actually, but I it, remember, Kendrick,
1: being at my old house. It, I, this this would have been, that actually came out when I was living on Miss Ellis Lube. So that was at least six or seven years ago. Because so I remember you, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, you probably. Be, being at my house, You or you we were, tech, I think you were at my house for like a birthday party or something, and you pulled it up on your phone to show me like oh do you know what this is I'm like I don't I don't know like you made me watch like two times in a row on your phone <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: dude it was dude you don't understand dude that was like so you know you had you had star wars which is this massive space opera that that really talked to teenagers and I saw Star Wars and Star Wars Empire strikes back and Return of the Jedi all in the theater right and I was 3 when the first one came out mm-hmm. I don't remember I, They took me to it. I don't remember it. I remember Empire Strikes Back. I remember seeing the – because they re-released Star Wars in the theater right before Empire Strikes Back. I remember seeing it that, and I remember seeing Return of the Jedi. But I was still young enough to where I didn't really – I just thought it was cool to see Darth Vader and the lightsabers, right? That was what really got me. But Star Blazers was like a space opera that spoke to my age group. And I could watch it and get what was going on and understand this whole concept of what was happening. I loved that show. And I can I can still watch it today and still get into it.
1: Hmm. You should check. Maybe it we should do an episode on it.
0: We should because it was awesome. Loved it. Wave motion gun,
2: right? the wave motion? Oh gun. Yeah, yeah, the wave
0: motion gun. Dude, <laughs> they shoot that thing off. They destroy planets with that. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> they had the. Remember they had the floating island. What was a what, what was a <laughs> that base?
2: Was a- That was the second season, wasn't it? Or the second series? No, it was the first season.
0: First season when they were leaving the solar system. And then they could warp, Johnny, they could like bend space and time and warp to to make these giant things. Because they had to get to a planet called Iskandar within one year's time. They had to get there and back to save planet Earth. Nice. And that was the whole first season. And so every season, every episode, you would be told they have this many more days. This is what's going on. And so they kept you abreast of everything as you're
2: going. And when you're six years old, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was not, there was, it wasn't, it was serial, not episodic. Right. So did I get yeah, that right? I, okay, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 That's the thing, Johnny. That's the thing right there. What he just said, because it was a
2: one long story, not just individual shortcuts. Hmm. I, th- that was, that was, I think that was a hallmark difference between Japanese animation and, and us animation. Cause uh, Robotech was the same way. It was, oh, a, yeah. you know, yep. here you start out, there's, we're starting off here. We're spending all this time on earth. Okay. Now we're leaving earth. Okay, now we're jumping forward a generation, and then we're going to. Yeah,
0: it's it was it was it was amazing, dude. I, I
1: but that was my 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 guilty pleasure, Shira. <laughs> and then the <just laughs> Starblazers talking about that. All right, so am I trying to go for number two here? Yes, sir. So it actually kind of goes off with the same thing a little bit, and it's it was weird because when I was in school, I grew up. Uh, most of my adolescence was in the nineties, right? I mean, I was by the time the eighties were over, I was you know eight years old in nineteen eighty, you know, nineteen ninety. So. I grew up pretty much in the '90s. My kid in the '90s, and everybody at my school—it was a big thing. It's—it's it's, it's still kind of—it's still good to push it too, because I find myself secretly wanting to watch it now and, and read—you know—read the comic books or even see the movie. But I, you know, it's whatever. But everybody in my school would always talk about how much they hated Power Rangers. Right? Now, nobody watched Power Rangers, <laughs> but yet everybody at school knew what happened in Power Rangers the night before. so me and all my friends all the people at my you know in class we'd always like sit there and just shit on the Power Rangers but then we'd talk about yeah man and and last night's episode when they were doing I mean we'd all know what we're talking about because we all watched it every single night and you know when the movie came out the original movie came out you know I went to see it you know by myself with like my my sister I think but didn't tell anybody but then again everybody at school had seen the movie knew what it was about but nobody admitted (laughs) to liking it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, uh,
0: that's hilarious yeah, dude. Yeah.
1: and Even to this day I'm like, yeah, Power Rangers are stupid, but I'm like, oh, I remember watching it. it was so much fun. I got a I
0: got a funny I got a funny story about Power Rangers, dude. So, Jesse are my nephew, right? And uh and Johnny's good friends with him. They actually live not too far away from each other. Yeah. But when Jesse was 5, this would have been 1994, right? Mm-hmm. The height of the Power Rangers fame, right? My sister's friend was a martial arts guy, right? And so he rented the red power suit, the red Power Ranger suit and came over to Jesse's f- fifth birthday party. And, you know, Jesse was a huge Power Ranger fan. And he shows up. Dude, Jesse got so scared of this guy, he climbed a tree. <laughs> <laughs> it, w- it wouldn't come down. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, wow. God, it was so funny. Somewhere there's pictures, and I think there's video somewhere, nice. of him being in the tree, not coming down until that
1: guy left. <laughs> that's funny. So what's funny is, like, about Power Rangers is, like, I had remembered when I was in school, when we talked about Power Rangers, I had, in the back of my mind, I remembered watching another show when I was younger, a cartoon, where it was very similar to where they had you know, the the mechs, whatever, that changed, changed into the giant robot, and it was Voltron. Yeah. But yeah. I swore up and down for years that, no, they made Power Rangers as a cartoon in the 80s, and they remade it as a live-action show in the 90s, and I don't like that I want to watch the cartoon again, but I could never find anything about a cartoon power rangers from the Ah. 80s and it took until it was voltron Voltron. and i had the for some reason i had like blanked out on voltron for years and it wasn't until like the dawn of the internet in high school when for some reason i was talking about the friend i started looking it up and i found voltron i was like oh that's what it was because i remember always remembered billy was the green one and
0: yeah you would have been watching repeats of voltron by the time you know have you seen the the netflix remake
2: of voltron i've seen parts of it i tried i tried watching it but the like uh, the 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 characters I, I like a couple of the characters just annoyed me too much. I heard it yeah. got better. I, I I heard that the series got liked better, it. but I,
0: I I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, the animation's great. Oh yeah, and yeah. the storyline's good, and so I enjoyed it. I mean, because it kind of brings me back. It's pretty nostalgic, so I kind of like that. So
2: it's that brilliant thing that that Netflix has been doing though, is that they've been taking these some of the like classic, you know, iconic pieces and then rebuilding them but not necessarily targeting the audience that watched them like, who of the, of the age like they're not looking to retarget to eight and nine-year-olds it's really targeted to like the 30 to 50 crew who watched it when um you know originally um what was the look, the, look at fuller house yeah dude fiend watches the shit out of fuller, I, I house. Like fuller
1: house i watched my, my girls watch that show too she loves that it's show. It's just ridiculous. She
0: can't wait for new seasons. Yeah, I mean,
1: Sandy was watching that yesterday before school.
0: It's hilarious. It's like I mean, it's just I don't mean the show is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's hilarious that they're doing that. And that's exactly what you're talking about, John. Is they're they're like targeting, they're retargeting her because they knew she watched it back in 1991. Yeah. And it's like, oh well, let's just bring this back and update it a little bit and retarget the people that watched it originally.
2: Did you guys watch Castlevania? Yeah, it was awesome. Okay, yeah. I mean, I so I maybe played the game once. You know, oh, like, I love those games. Um, uh, and, it, you know, it's that, that simple, like, 16-bit side-scroller type thing. Maybe 8-bit. I love side-scrolling
0: you know? games. Yeah, and
2: they've made this super compelling storyline out of it.
0: And I'm just like... Yeah, but you know who wrote that, right? It was Garth Ennis. I don't oh, know who that, that is. Yeah. Garth Ennis is a, a, a very well-known comic book writer. Yeah. And he's done a lot of very famous runs of characters. Mm-hmm. And... Um, if Garth Ennis wrote it, yeah. then you give it a chance.
2: Yeah, I I, I didn't know what because I didn't have I didn't have the Castlevania or Wolfenstein. I didn't have that that passion that came from the people who played it so heavily. I just figured I'd give it a try, but it was it was so incredibly compelling that I'm like I, I, I knew I knew that there's no way that the game. Was anywhere near that good? Oh, it
1: was Warren Ellis. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was Warren Ellis. Sorry, dude. Warren Ellis is same amazing. Thing, Not, uh, they're different people.
2: <laughs> yeah, no
0: different people, but just thought of it as the same. As in, if Warren Ellis wrote it, you give it a chance.
1: Yeah, he wrote. I mean, Warren Ellis is he has he has a really good blog too. That is he's a pretty good, pretty funny guy. I yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, my point is that they're both amazing. They writers. are. They're both uh, amazing writers.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they gave they he just created a brand. Oh, I wouldn't say a brand new franchise, but he gave. Uh, uh, Gave it new life. Nice. So. Oh, I, I can't
0: wait for season two.
1: Yeah. I need to watch that they're one.
0: Gonna do, they're going to give, more, yeah, they're gonna give more, um, more episodes because they, they, they did a limited amount of episodes for that because they weren't too sure how it was going to be received. See, I like
1: the shows that are like eight to 13 episodes. I think that's a perfect amount. I don't like ones that yeah. send like 24 episodes. It's just too much.
0: That's, Not for me. I want 50. There's, there's like, too many shows to watch. There's too many shows if it's Castlevania, dude, I I, I would have watched
2: uh, I I would have given that more so I sixteen. I want sixteen. I think sixteen would be would be good. <laughs> I so I watched the first season of The Flash and that was like twenty two or twenty-three episodes. And yeah. it was it was easily twelve episodes too long. Yeah, and it's it, um, and it's a
1: good season yeah. too. It's a great first yeah. season. But it's it's yeah, there's there's throwaway episodes.
2: Oh yeah. yeah Anything yeah, to yeah, do yeah, with yeah. Iris. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, no, like poor no, girl, it's like I wanted I <laughs> wanted to I, I wanted that to be a I wanted her to be a likable character, but she wasn't. Yeah. And I also I just feel like it's a um, – I like the actress playing her though. I don't know, it's it, it's it's not anything against her in particular. It's this kind of network television go-to to always make sure that there's a love interest. You know, that 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 has to, you know, that that has to be the the first and foremost everything's around the love interest and I'm like eh.
0: Speaking of that, you know what I hate, actually, and, and almost every show on TV does this, is they, are they on, are they off? Yeah. They're on again, off again, shit. It bugs after oh, a while. Annoying. It's like, you guys, yeah. yeah, just either not have them together or have them together. Because this cannot be your only fucking storyline.
2: Well, it, that, that's what killed Moonlighting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah, I
2: mean they were they were brilliant when it was when there was a, this a yeah, little bit first of first two seasons a little the a first little two seasons a little spark there. But um, you know, as soon as as soon as it became a you know oh you're you know dealing with with being married crap, I'm just like really uh, okay yeah. fine. It,
0: it gets just just you could, there's better writing. It's like um I used I like True Blood. Yeah. But there's a point of True Blood where you could tell they, they would write themselves in a corner yeah. and they would literally just flash to somebody having sex. Yeah. We don't know what to do. Let's just cut to a scene of somebody having Show sex. Some titties. And it was just like, yeah, it was just got like, what the, f- this doesn't, this isn't germane to what the conversation just was. Yeah. This makes no sense. Right. I, I got sick of it. I got to the sick where it, like, I was like, okay, how many times am I going to see somebody's tits? or somebody having sex on this episode. Right. And if it's more than tw- if it's more than 1, I'm going to turn it off.
1: Yeah, we watched two. Ken and I watched that show. until, like I think season 4, maybe started season 5, but then we just stopped. It like
2: I mean, it's it was I couldn't good get into up to season there, 4. I, that was after she came back from the fairy world and like 4 years had passed or something like that. Was that oh, I don't I didn't, I didn't I
1: didn't make it that far. I don't know <laughs> oh,
2: Okay. Yeah, I, it was I half heartedly I got to where when she
1: went to the fairy world, but not
2: when she came back. I don't think. Okay. Yeah, I got maybe yeah. two episodes into that, and I'm like, what? And right. Oh, I, I don't pass. care anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so John, yeah. you are the last. I am the last. So, this is really hard, because I honestly, I don't have much in the way of guilty pleasures. Like, if I like it, I don't mind talking about it. Uh, so, this is the closest I can get. Okay. Um, Fair and enough. And funny thing is, it's still comic book related, even uh, tangentially. Uh, the TV series uh, Riverdale. Which is based on the Archie comic book, well, loosely based on the uh, on the Archie comic book. I think it was all of maybe thirteen episodes. It is a it is every ounce Dynamic. and bit of a W.B. teen angst. You uh, know, uh, people made a comparison between Twin Peaks and. Dawson's Creek and so that's
0: good though Our, the, Riverdale is good and weird
2: it was the thing. it was it had that same sort of kind of overdone teen trope of like I'm more cl- I, I you know I I, I I am batshit crazy but people will still like me and give me a chance Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I clearly these are teenagers because I would have thumped what's her name in the head <laughs>
0: I, I I liked Riverdale too. I got I like Jughead. You know what they're doing next That's year, true. right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I like you know what they're doing it, next year. I like Jughead. Yeah.
0: Do You guys hear what they're doing next year? No. <sighs> no. They're introducing Sabrina, the teenage witch, oh, into I, Riverdale. Oh, I did hear. I did hear about and that. And then oh. they're gonna spin her off into her own uh, creepy mystery TV show. Not Good. not a comedy. Melissa Joan Hart version
1: of Sabrina. I like that the version, but I'm glad they're something different.
0: Yeah. No. No. But they're doing a, Yeah. That version was fine. I mean, it was. I mean, I was t- too old for it, but. That version's fine, but now they're going to spin it off into this whole other thing where she's more of a supernatural detective kind of thing. I will
2: only watch it if they get Elvira on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? That's it. That, I loved Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, the movie. Did you ever see the movie? Yeah, oh, yeah. I it was years oh, ago, years oh, and years ago.
0: It was, there's a point that where her uncle is wanting the ring. And she goes, this ring? And she like flashes her hand out and it flies off and freaking goes right onto his finger. I laugh every time I see that. It is so funny. It's like, oh my God. It's so
2: stupid. It's funny. So, uh, well, I mean, so that, that I would say that was, that's kind of like, I, I watched the entire series every, and I binged it too. Like I had some time, I think I had some time You watched off it all at once. <laughs> I really like, I binged it over three days. And I'm like, oh, this nice. is stupid, next. This is really, really stupid, next. Okay. <laughs>
0: So okay, I have one more, and then you guys don't have to share. But I have one more because this is kind of funny, and I want to get it off my chest. Because <laughs> I'll come home from work, right, and Tafine will be sitting on the chair watching TV, and and I I redid our subscription to Netflix a few months ago, and I only did it because I wanted to watch uh, I wanted to watch Castlevania, mm-hmm. and they did the uh, they, they gave me a month free, and then I just didn't get rid of it, and she's been watching this this canadian show called heartland have you ever seen this thing
1: no uh-uh.
0: so heartland is about a girl and she's like a horse whisperer, right? Everybody comes, and she fixes their horses, and she's got a boy interest, and they were going back and forth there for a couple things, and she lives with her grandfather, and her and her dad lives next door, but he's he was gone for 99% of her life, and her mom just died a couple years ago during a freak accident, and it's all this heavy drama bullshit. I come home, and I sit down in my chair, because we have these nice little power chairs that we bought, and I sit down in my chair... And I start watching it, and it's like, God, this is so stupid. Don't turn away. God, what? why is she doing this? Don't turn away. Oh, my God, it's over. Thank God. Okay, let's start the next one.
1: That shows has been <laughs> on for 10 years. It,
0: yeah, before I know it, it's like three or four freaking episodes have gone by. No, they're doing it. They're stu- it's, still yeah, it's still on. Going. It's, yeah, it's our No. It's
1: still going. Holy
0: crap. That's where Steven Mouse got his start. Is it? Yeah, nice. He, he's like in. He's like on the third season and the fourth season. I'm like, oh my god, Steven Melchero! <laughs> wow, it's Mr. Cheekbones, <laughs> right? <laughs> nice. He's like he's, he's the guy that makes me feel not like a man.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Cuz like God, man. He's too sexy. It's not that. No, it's not that he's too sexy, dude. He's just that like, he can do everything.
1: Right. You know what I mean? He's funny. You he's ever charming. He's, he's, he's yeah. He's athletic. The salmon ladder thing's insane. It's just he's like a you're nice a dick. guy, and then
0: and then he's like a really nice guy, and he did the whole campaign of fuck cancer. And then did you see his thing where that girl had cancer in the audience, and he gives her the thing, oh, the yeah, token awesome. or the necklace, and expects to see her next year, and so she can give it back to him. And it was just like he just connects with his fans really well. And then he started his whole his own management company to show other actors and and stars quote unquote, how to do cons, how to make money with cons, how to negotiate your fees at cons. And that's important, you know, because you got to make your money while you can, because you don't know when you're going to be, if you're famous, it could be gone tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So right. you don't know. And so I can't blame them from trying to get as much as they can while they can get it. Like I would do the same thing. And so he's introducing people how to do this stuff. And he's got a management company that does all that shit for you. And so, you know, he's massively athletic. He's ridiculously good looking. He's fucking smart and he's a really nice guy. And it's like, you fucking suck, dude. Yeah. I yeah.
2: hate you on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. You're, <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're, you're doing, how do. you, how are you doing all the, uh, all this at life thing so well?
1: You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> New exactly. goal for the show. We get Stephen Well on, so we can call him an asshole.
0: I, I totally would, too. I'd be like, dude, I, I need to tell you some. What? You're a fucking asshole. But then, yeah, <laughs> but, but then explain why. Yeah, well, no, no. Just let him figure it out because he's smart enough
1: that he probably will. Just say, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Click, that's it.
2: I like, <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, like, that would oh, be. I, I, have the, I have this philosophy if there's somebody who's too good looking and seems too nice, I just say, they probably kick puppies. Like, that. <laughs> that's just, there, there's there got to be something. It's just a public facade. people in the community, you know, like, oh, do you know so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, I, I hear they kick puppies. <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> no, I just say that because they can't be that attractive and that nice and that successful it without that some kid. sort of fatal flaw. I mean, and, and who would kick a puppy? I mean, really? <laughs> You can have everything else, but you can't be nice to dogs.
0: But seriously, he's a really—he seems yeah. like a really cool yeah. guy. He he's seems genuine. Yeah, and he plays Arrow fantastically.
1: Oh, he's a great Oliver Queen. He's amazing at that role. Yeah. So,
0: all right, guys. Well, shit, man. We are an an hour and twenty three minutes in. We're gonna probably <laughs> cut some of this out, but it yeah, was a good have, yeah. episode. It was a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope everybody
1: enjoyed themselves. Oh, I had a fun. I had a blast.
0: Always, always. Yeah. John Anderson, really appreciate you coming on again. It's kind of like you're you're like going to quickly turn into shit. We need somebody else on. Call John.
2: Exactly. (laughs) There's always somebody like. uh, uh, Wait, wait, don't tell me. I'll be your. uh, um, Oh crap! Never mind. Lost it. I had I had something, but it's you can be our
0: Ed McMahon to our Johnny Carson. There you go. There you go. go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, that is our show. Remember. A few things. One, if you listen to us on iTunes, please, please, please review and give us five stars. That yep. tremendously helps us get up in those power rankings. Too. Yeah, and tell your friends too. No joke. That really helps us out. Two, you can listen to us on Google Play. You can look a- listen to us on TuneIn. You can listen to us on SoundCloud. You can listen to us on our website,
1: which is www.spoilercountrypod.com. SpoilerCountryPod. are Stitcher and everywhere else. Ever- everyone else has podcasts. Yep. We're probably there.
0: Yep. And remember, on our website, we have blog posts where you can see comic reviews. You can see movie reviews. Now, that's slow going, but they are slowly coming in. So if you check back and you can put comments on there and tell us what you think of our review, whether you agree, whether you don't agree, whether you're going to go read it or whether you think that we're insane or whatever you want to say, we don't edit so you're more than welcome to talk as much shit as you want.
1: That's right. And Kenner Fair just posted enough. one up last couple weeks ago about Conan the Barbarian. I just posted one today of uh, the the great image series, called, image series called Chew. And I got some yep. more in the John works. John Lehman
0: is a great writer. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's good, pretty good. check that out. Yeah. It's pretty
1: good, yeah. We
0: did give away our Copperhead number 1 signed by Scott Godleski. Uh, so if you missed out on that, don't worry. You have more contests coming with different stuff. And it's going to be an exciting year to come. John, we got anything else?
1: No, I think that's good. I think we're good.
0: All right. Thanks, guys. Peace. Peace.